Morning, morning, morning. Yes, we're back. It's Podcasters Unleashed here. Yes, I'm your host today, along with my great other five hosts, four hosts today. Sorry, Nelson couldn't be with us. I'm Simon Rushton. Um, I will, uh, we're going to be talking about the advancements of biotechnology today and how it affects us. And is it eth- uh, ethical? I didn't know much about this subject at the start, but now I've done my research. It's very interesting. I didn't realise how it affects me. But before we go into that, I'm going to allow my co-hosts to introduce themselves, starting with Haola. Hi. Hi, everyone. So I'm the host of the podcast, Women the Stories, where I share real stories from women who rose above different challenges. I shared the recent episode about uh, the lessons I learned from 2021. So tune in for that episode. Uh, over to you, Carla. Hey everybody, I'm Carla. I'm the host of the Wonder and Wellbeing podcast, which talks about education and well-being. Over to you, Matilda. Hello, everyone. I'm Matilda. I'm the host of uh, the podcast of Coffee with Matilda: A Journey to Self. We talk about how to find ourselves, how to love ourselves, and how to come out of adversity stronger. Over to you, Victor. Hey, thank you, Matilda. I'm Victor. So I'm the host of the Diaspora Entrepreneurs Podcast. And we talk about all things strategy from moving from nine to five towards the lifestyle of freedom. Thank you. And over to you, Simon. Thanks. And as you know, I'm Simon and my podcast is Taxi Chronicles, where I interview unsuspecting guests as they get into the taxi and they reveal all about their career, about their dark secrets and much more. It's very, very entertaining and it's short and it's five to 20 minutes. So moving on, we are, the reason why I chose this subject is because if you see signs in the news and stuff, it's like there's a lot of things going on about biotechnology. And being an ex-military guy, I've seen, you know, there's many people I know who are missing limbs due to war. And I would just thought, I was having a conversation with Carla, and I just thought, oh, yeah, that's biotechnology. It makes sense. You know, bionic man, uh, ultimate warrior, ultimate soldier from the Jinko Van Damme 90s movie. But then as we were talking, and she was doing her research like Carla does, it, it showed me there's so much more to this biotechnology, which in turn, I shall allow Matilda to give us the definition. But before that, I'll just say that the aim of this is just for people to be informed. Yeah, it, It's not really a teach, it's just for people to be in to- informed about what biotechnology is and how it affects us. And you can make your own personal decision whether you think it's ethical or not. Over to you, Matilda. Well, let's first look at the meaning of biotechnology. Biotechnology is a technology that utilizes biological systems, living organisms, or part of this to develop or create different products. And you know, we have an, the earliest example of a biotechnology. Uh, shall I go to the history of it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's look at the history of it. We're not new in this. We've been, uh, our ancestors have uh, been using it for 10,000 years. It's a, the, the earliest example was um, the, uh, of biotechnology is the domestication of plants and animals. And this domestication began like long, long time ago when our ancestors started keeping plants as a reliable source of food rice, wheat, among the first domesticated plants. And um, they were, there's this scientist 
actually our agricultural engineer, uh, uh, Carly Erke. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing him, his name very well. He was German, but living in Hungary. And uh, in 1919, um, he used biotechnology for the first time. And uh, he's kind of the father of biotech. He's known as a father of biotechnology. And he used um, the first examples were on wheat that we're eating now. So it started like the scientific of it. 1919, but our ancestors been using it for thousands and thousands of years. This is the simple history of biotechnology. But now, lots of juicy things are happening. I'm going to talk about it later. Okay, thanks a lot for that, Matilda. <laughs> Moving over to Carla. By all, the, by all means, the audience um, questions will be put popping up now and then and you can feel free to have your comments through the comment section on Facebook, YouTube and Twitter. Yes, by all means. And if you've got any questions, by also join in and have your say and we will read out your comments, the lovely Howler. Um, moving on to that, Carla, can you give us the categories of um, biotechnology, please? Yeah, this is where it gets interesting. So um, you mentioned earlier that sometimes we think it's just um, the physical biotech that we're familiar with. So, but actually we have more than one category. So we've got, um, there are four main categories, um, but of course there are more than four. So I think you're putting them up on the screen now. The four main ones that you will normally hear referred to are medical biotech, which is the one we're most familiar with, which includes but isn't limited to things like prosthetics um, and things like that and then we've got industrial biotech um, and these are categorized in colors quite often as well you might see symbols um, inside colors um, medical biotech will usually be red um, industrial biotech white then we've got environmental biotech um, which is green and marine biotech which is blue um, and then also all of these um, uh, other smaller categories within those that you've um, put up um, on the screen as well. But those are the four, medical, industrial, environmental, and marine biotechnology. Thanks a lot for that, Carla. Um, moving over to Victor, do you want to explain about the medical side of um, biotechnology, please? Yeah, you know, um, Matilda, you're quite, you're quite right. But, you know, um, according the one of the histories of um the origins of biotech started way, way, way in Egypt, where the Egyptians actually got like um, used yeast, you know, to bake on living bread, and the Chinese people developed fermenting techniques, you know, for brewing um, tea and kind of um, antioxidants. Now, and in the in the modern era, beginning in 1973 or so, whereby they started using DNAs to like um, into E. coli bacterium and them transgen um, the transgenic transgenic yeah transgenic bacterium later this um what's it called again re recombinant DNA you know which is the process of infusing two I don't know two two DNAs of two species into one particular host and you know, create something really, really different, which is um, biological, uh, which is biotech, 
biotech hacking. Yeah, but um, medical biotech is also used in research for to find cures and possible treatment for many diseases, you know, and also is used to like prevent um, so many diseases like heart attack, you know, um, that is the approved ones. Because we're talking about ethics here. So the approved ones are used for medical uh, for medical treatment, also used to help prevent congestive heart failure, heart attack, stroke, multiple sclerosis, and so many, many, many more diseases, you know. And for the DNA aspect, you know, it's also used for DNA, like fingerprinting, when it comes to more tech issues now. Fingerprinting in forensic science and also can be used to establishing relationship between parents and um, their offspring. But I, maybe during, during as we go along on the show, uh, we're talking about the um, the cons, which um, this DNA tracking has to do, um, has to do a lot about. So Simon, that's me there. Thanks a lot for that, Victor. One thing that when you were speaking about that also came to mind is that I was talking to someone one day and they said, most of the trees in London are bio, biotechnology, oh, excuse me, um, because what they've done, they've amalgamated different pollinates to get a really strong, durable tree that could last through the Victorian of the smog when the London turned to industrial um, side of things. So, yep, I hear what you're saying, Victor. That's very interesting. Uh, moving over to, to Howla. Howla, can you explain the industry biotech side of things, please? All right. And we've got a couple of comments. Um, Howla, do you want to read those out before we move on to... Yes. Before answering your question, I would like to say hi to George and Smith for tuning in. Please, if you have any questions regarding this topic about biotechnology, uh, pros and cons, anything that you uh, find interesting to share with us, uh, we would love to have your ideas and feedback on this. Um, well, um, I was... So I was going to say, in, in this case, Harla, before we go on to the pros and cons of the industrial, just, yeah. just explain about the industrial side first. We can always jump back into that later on. So uh, for me, the biotechnology is everything that includes uh, industrial application. Uh, for example, you can have uh, the insulin for treating diabetes. It's actually uh, a produced by bacteria, which is uh, a biotechnological application. Um, I think also Carla talked about um, uh, the different types of biotechnology that we have. Uh, and they are coded like the codes of the rainbow. So you have a lot of types of uh, biotechnology. Uh, you have also uh, the green biotechnology like uh, GMOs. So it's like genetically modified orga organism uh, that's produced uh, to produce more food, to resist in uh, insects and to reduce the need of pesticides. Uh, so, um, and we have a lot of invention about biotechnology. I think in the future, they are trying to grow meat in a flask. So that is <laughs> a new invention, the biotechnology. So they want to produce more invention with the, in the, within the food area. Uh, I don't know if you guys wanted to eat uh, meat that grow in a flask. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is the great... Um, the new invention uh, in the biotech. Uh, however, 
if you are going to talk about the pros and cons, we have about the cons, we have a lot of cons to it uh, because biotechnology could uh, most likely prove harmful uh, effects uh, either through the unintended consequence that we have seen uh, in different trials in the labs. Um, actually, in, 2000, in 2014, we have the Center of Disease Control. Uh, they came under scrutiny for repeated errors in the lab, uh, and they have scientists that were being exposed to Ebola and to flu viruses. Um, and uh, a lot of stuff that happens, uh, for example, uh, the, the disease associated of the gene mutation uh, could come with a lot of effects like Alzheimer, premature death, and um, a lot of effects that could uh, uh, lead us to uh, health risks. So I'm very skeptical about the, the biotechnology related to uh, human invention. So I think we are going to talk about it later. Uh, but uh, yes, let us learn more. <laughs> okay, well, thanks a lot for that. Moving, uh, moving along, Matilda, ethics is the question of the day. How ethical do you feel this whole biotech world is? Well, I mean, we're talking about food-wise. I don't think there is a, I mean, obviously natural, I prefer. But I don't have a lot of um, ideas about or rejections about the food section. But when it comes to humans, I have a lot of questions. Till yesterday night, I would say I'm against it and I can give you reasons about it. And I have actually three professors that are the top in the world that are working in bioengineering and genetics and um, how they're trying to uh, uh, beat death and have a longer life uh, and and how they found things and actually they're saying they're ready but if are the humans ready for this and it's scary so I'm going to talk about them a little bit briefly and next week we're going to talk about it deeper but yesterday I found out that they um, did a transplant of a a heart transplant from a pig to human. It was the first time in human life and history of medical that this has happened. It's amazing. It's a fascinating news because about 110,000 Americans are currently, and I only have the American uh, numbers, Americans are currently waiting for an organ transplant and more than 6,000 patients die each year uh, for not receiving one. So a lot of people who are waiting for organs with this biotechnology groundbreaking news can benefit from it. Now, how far human can be okay? Uh, first of all, let me explain. It's not like you go to the butcher, you say, oh, kill this pig, let me have the heart. Let me go and give it to the human. I you wanted are, to see. Exactly. You are, there are genetically modified pigs. And the organs, you, uh, certain genes are missing 
in these organs and certain genes are added so the human immune system is not going to attack it so it's a process but at least having this kind of pigs is very uh, we can have it anytime mm-hmm. we can have it in labs anytime then uh, human organ to be available for transplant um, in this scenario, when I was going to different chat rooms and I was seeing how people are happy for their loved ones and how they had hopes to get better when you're in a desperate situation like this, it was fascinating. I was actually crying for them and I don't even, till now, I don't need any organ transplant, but it was a fascinating news. Now, I know human psychology we are after power and possession uh, and i don't think we're going to stop it here soon because of metaverse and i can go deeper with that how the connection of metaverse and this can be uh, catastrophic in the world um we will have um different outcomes we will have different humans i believe the subpoena our humankind will end very soon you have to read the book of Harari. Uh, first of all, you have to you had to read the book of him when he talks about the history of mankind, subpoenas. Okay. And then the, the new one, the history of tomorrow, a brief history of tomorrow. And you will realize soon our blood will be our DNA will be the most expensive commodity we have. Okay. And we're not right now. We are uh, classified by our gender, our culture, nationality, our race. But later on, we won't even have any of that. We're just going to be classified as a superhuman, or modified genetically, or not. And uh, I don't want to be in the not section. Okay. I hope yeah, I won't be alive. Well, thanks a lot, um, I just before we go on to the comments and then moving on, I just want to tell you a quick story, something that has just struck me and kind of support what Matilda's saying. Um, there's a movie actually called The Island, and that's what they actually farm in replicas of human beings. Um, so if you're wealthy enough, you can get another howler made. And, and when you know you need a new liver or a heart or whatever, they just take that heart from the replica and give it to you. But and this is this is a true story element, and this is what I want you to contemplate on ethics. There was a child who was given a heart of another person many years ago. True story. And the child kept on having nightmares. Yeah. So when the child, when they brought the child back to the doctor, and the doctor sent him to a psychiatrist, and what was actually happening, the child was reliving the last moments of that person's life. And that's why they're having nightmares. But that person was actually murdered. And mm-hmm. they were able, from the dream of the um, of that child, to find out who actually killed that person. So when you start taking animal hearts and putting it in human beings or any living creature and putting it in another living creature, that DNA, that you could say the spiritual element, gets transplanted. So if you're in a slaughterhouse and you're being killed as a pig, that man may be suffering from mental trauma of what the pig was thing. And this is where I'm interested to see the ethics side. 
Before, um, before we go on to that, <laughs> read out the comments and then we can get back into I'd hear your comments. Matilda, yeah. you'll be last on this one. <laughs> <laughs> on that story. So go on. Yeah. So we have we have comments, we have new audience. We have Aida, I think uh, hi, hi from hi, you, you can yes. We have Sasha too. So Sasha is saying you already have process for the meat. It's now. You have a lot of companies everywhere who want to develop this market. Yes, of course, especially in China. <laughs> um, and he said, yes, clearly people don't realize the fact that Homo sapiens um, is going to have an evolution and it's good, a new adventure of our humanity. Um, yes, maybe it's, we need to debate on that. So in answer to that little story, yeah, start, start, how do you feel on that ethics of the heart transplant? We can start with Haola or? Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I, I feel like um, if gene therapy, if you are going to modify genes in human and it's acceptable to cure disease, where we drew the line actually, if you are going to open into that area of trying to manipulate the biology of humans and the genes, uh, the, the genes of humans, we are going to draw the lines because I am a, a religious person and I think our body and our biologies are so mysterious and the scientists could, I mean, make some errors while doing this kind of uh, risky uh, surgeries for people. So um, I don't want to be part of this. <laughs> but I'm um, sorry, are you saying you're rather the patient dies and not get a new heart? No, I think the patient needs to be conscious about what they are going to do for them. And he needs but, to be yeah. very well aware and conscious of the consequences. Uh, and he needs really to be aware of the, of the risk effects of this kind of surgeries. But you do realize... People um, are very yeah. desperate. They know huh? that they're going to die if they don't have any uh, yeah. donor. And it's Maybe. not like you go to a hospital and the donor is there sitting. Sometimes there are years waiting and praying to have a donor. So for them, it's like either they get that kidney or they get that heart or they die. Okay. There's a question here within this. Should people be acceptable that they're going to die eventually. Mm. But before we go on to that, allow Victor. Victor, you go on. Yeah, I say it's a funny thing that Allah mentioned um, um, religion when it comes to biotech. See, I had a younger sister who passed on during childbirth because she was deeply religious. And the sect that um, the, the, the type of Pentecostal Christianity that she was practicing has strict rules of no infusion, nothing. So, unfortunately, she died and the baby went as well. So, I don't know what she's going to tell her maker. Like, oh, yeah, you see, I did. So, when it comes to religion and... I don't know. You know, but for me, I would say, take that needle and don't even listen to her. Save her, save the baby. Get, but she passed on. The pastors were there, but she passed on. 
So when you mentioned religion just now, I just like I wasn't even thinking about that before, but she just came back to my mind. And we know people in in Africa who still believe who are so deep into religion and they still believe that infusion of blood is is is, is very diabolical. It is not because it's not yours. You can't take it. It wasn't so those kind of little little like I can't yes. I can't. I, I, I got your point, Victor, but I'm not against the uh, the innovation in the medical sector or biotechnology in itself. But when it comes into gene therapy and biology manipulation, we need to be conscious about what is going to happen for that person and also the consequences of that person. So, um, Carla, I'd like to hear what Carla has to say. Carla's sitting here quite quiet with her woman of wisdom, mother's wisdom. Yeah, I, I definitely I agree in part with Howler and also in part with Victor. I think that these things are about balance um, and, and it is definitely an ethical issue for, for everybody, actually. I don't think that anybody can kind of sleep and ignore this one um, because it's not really black and white. I think there are mm -hmm. shades of grey, very big areas of grey on this, and it really does depend on some of your fundamental beliefs, um, even as a religious person. Uh, because there are there is a spectrum in religion, isn't there? As Victor's pointed out, you get people who are very legalistic, it's called. So, for example, they may read something in the Bible or in the Quran and they may take it 100% literal. And that may mean that they don't have any uh, area for negotiation or discussion or debate or even research. Some people literally just read and follow. And um, I think that that can be an, a lazy approach to handling ethics. But I think it can also be a lazy approach to just take everything that science says, all modern advancements, and go with the flow without actually considering your own belief system and your own ethics. And I think that you need to be willing to put the work in to use your intellect um, and also weigh things up um, in light of what's common sense, um, what's loving and respectful to others, like your relatives. So you can just be like, oh, I don't care if I die, do anything to me or whatever. But what about your relatives? That's not a very loving and kind response. But then at the same time, it's also not realistic to think that you can continue to prolong life. And one of the thoughts that I had um, when I saw the pig transplant thing, I just didn't think the man looked very well anyway. And I'm sure that there is some reasoning and, and he's happy and his family's happy that he's got some extra life. But I, I was a bit sceptical as to what quality of life that man is going to go on to have. And I know that it was a short time after he'd had the surgery that, you know, he was photographed and everything. But I'd be really interested to see how that develops with that man and whether or not this experiment actually did um, improve the quality of his life or prolong it. And if so, how long and was it worth it? Um, and I'm sure, you know, there'll be members of his family that will say that it was worth it because they get extra time with him, whatever. But I do think there is a big part of it as well, where we have to face the eventuality of death and maybe um, figure out how to balance out um, what's worth it and what's really not. Because sometimes I think we're a bit delusional as to how much we can extend life or even improve it um, with certain illnesses and things like that. Is it worth trying? Probably yes. Um, but I think there's a limit and where that limit is depends on the person's ethics and values and how much thought they've given to to it and the bigger picture. It's not easy. Is it? It's a difficult, a difficult area when it comes to ethics and, and medicine in general, but definitely bio um, ethics. 
just out of curiosity, who here out of the host, you can just raise your hand, has some religious belief? Uh, if you raise your hand, you, you have a religious belief? Okay. Religious belief in what? Whatever supreme being or of some kind of nature. Because it's interesting. Universe. I believe in universe. Okay. Well, that's kind of... Okay. Okay. Well, it's interesting to see people's takes on things based on their core values. Um, how is going to be... I, I, well, I'm, I'm questioning. We're talking about saving a guy's life. He's a father. He's a grandfather. He's 58. He's an awesome guy. I don't know if you've seen his interview. I want him to leave. It's with pig heart or I don't know what heart. I, as a human being, my religion is humanity. I want the guy to leave. I want his children to see him living. He was dying. His choice was... That's it. He was waiting for an organ for a long time. He couldn't find it. So his family, everyone, if you've seen the interview with him before his um, surgery, they were all crying, saying we want somebody to donate a heart to him. And finally, this was an amazing breakthrough of a science that can help millions of human beings. How can we say, oh, we don't want it when if this happened to your daughter, you will find anything, anyone, any pig, any uh, dog, any animal, any human being that's willing to give you their heart, their organ to save your child. I don't understand what religion we're talking about if humanity is not the core of it. We want to actually, okay. I just want to add something. Because actually, you talk about this, but this kind of advanced biotechnology is going to raise inequalities in our society. I don't it know if you heard. There. Yes, I don't know if you heard about the Novartis. They have uh, charged for one treatment against cancer for four hundred seventy-five thousand, I think, dollars for just one treatment for cancer. Who's going to afford that? except the rich people. So I think even if you see that someone got saved, it's one in a million people. There are a lot of diseases that has, we have medication for it, and people, they don't have access for this kind of stuff. Also, this is one, one thing I think we forgot to mention there is, is also about the emotional responses to mm -hmm. things. I think that human emotions can be very, very strong. And I think that sometimes we judge the, the right and wrong of an action based on how much emotional response we see or how much emotional response it gets. And I think sometimes that can not be a good plan. Um, and I was just thinking there when Howler was talking about the market, the black market for organ harvesting, which happens around the world. This is another, this is a black market, I guess, side of um, bioethics. There are people out there who harvest organs there are also people out there who sell their own organs. And the reasoning behind that is quite often an emotional thing, which would pull at any of our heartstrings. And I don't think that that is ethical, even though the person may say, for example, harvesting organs can involve kidnapping people who you deem as lesser human beings uh, from slums or wherever around the world that nobody might not miss them because they're not a valuable human being. And there are too many of them anyway. So let's just kidnap them and remove their organs and sell those to more, more um, worthy people. That's actually happening in the world. 
There are also people who are selling their organs because they're saying, oh, well, this kidney is not really as valuable as this job in this country or this visa or this particular item that I want. So I'm going to sell my organ. These are all emotional based decisions that for me, in my personal opinion, have gone beyond the ethics. And I think this is another way, place where we have to look at some of the gray areas, how emotions can push us to do things that are borderline unethical and also where does the line where do we draw the line how do we determine when emotions have to be taken out of the picture and we need to look at the bigger picture without them involved that doesn't mean that we don't have compassion for people's suffering because we do but i don't think that their suffering or their passion or their desire to live is necessarily the the thing that we should use to determine whether or not something is ethical okay Harlow, if you read out the comments thanks for that carla Yes, of course. So we have uh, Aida here from Tehran. Uh, we love you too, Aida. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> we have Sasha here. Uh, the debate is the discussion between morality and ethics. The difference is in the choice. Morality imposes rules. Ethics is the conscious of the choice related to freedom. The concept of religion is just a control system. Ethic is intelligence against dogmas. Okay, if you say so. <laughs> Sasha said again, transhumanism is also a new step for the conversions of the religions. Yes, and it's a new religion, I think, in, in itself. Uh, that's why transhumanism is the apocalypse revelation. Okay, can you explain that, please? <laughs> Sasha, thanks. Okay, thanks for that. So <coughs> we kind of covered this question already, but this is a group question as well. I'm sure Harlow will pull it up. Is does the advancements in align? with your core values mm. and i stress on this even though um carl has done a very good speech on that is that with victor's sister for instance i admire her because she stuck to her core values and what she believes and regardless of how other people feel and all of this she just said no this is what i believe and this is how i'm moving forward and that was it and she was accepting of her situation so yeah. But to the group, yeah. Go on. Go on. I have a question. As a as a sister, I mean, I, I think it's a very sensitive topic to talk about it because it's, it's Victor's sister. But but I'll be angry. He she wanted to go. She wanted to take it in that way. But then as a sister, as a brother, I will miss her. As a mother, I want that child to be alive. Was it fair for me that she took she took that kind of a decision and now my life is empty without my child? Mm. Is it uh, fair On that occasion, what happened was, regards her, she was newly married and she and her husband were like this. So the doctor, the medical people, yeah. I mean, they were like really, really like... Harmonious. Yeah, they were really, really tight. She and her husband were really tight, and they believed in the same, the same thing. So, and um, the the medical people, they don't want to hear about us. They just want the, the husband. Mm -hmm. And he said, "That's what they believe, and that's what they believe." And but the guys, but the guys married now. But yeah, you know what's interesting about that. Bob Marley had the same predicament. He had that uh, uh, cancer or some disease. And they said they could have saved him, but he said no. 
if this is how I go, this is how I go. And obviously he's probably one of the greatest musicians in the world. Everybody knows his music. And and he was just adamant, no, this is what it is. This is how it is. And this is how I'm moving on in that respect. So um, why you answer that question, if we go to Carla about the environmental side of biotechnology, please. Carla? Yeah, um, this is another one. It's, it can be very complex. So um, I'll simplify it. So the environmental pros and cons. Um, we mentioned earlier about food um, and genetically modified food. And I know there's been a lot of controversy around this, but it is not, um, it's not new, as Matilda said. And I think also Victor pointed out, it goes right back to, to um, the history of food, really, and the history of agriculture. Um, so it's not just this thing of, you know, what we've had recently, which is the debate around tampering with fruits and removing seeds and all of that. We've actually been doing this as human beings for a long time and we wouldn't have anywhere near the amount of foods that we have now if we hadn't been um, tampering with them or genetically modifying or using biotech with our food. So that's important to point out. So that is one of the advantages is the huge diversity of foods that we see today is as a result of, you know, um, a long history of biotech and the use of humans in manipulating different plants. Um, some of the other advantages is that it can help make the environment safer and cleaner for use. So you can reduce pests, um, disease, all sorts of things by using environmental biotech. Um, you can, for example, advancements in disinfectants is a form of biotech, a very simplistic form. Um, and that's helped us in a lot of ways as human beings. Um, to avoid certain um, diseases that cause uh, ravage humanity. Um, also, you can help um, to find ways to adapt to changes in the environment using biotech. Um, so someone mentioned earlier about air and, you know, how to purify air and things like that. Um, advantages of um, biotech in farming, um, you can increase production of certain crops um, and yields. You can reduce the pressure on the land um, and manipulate how you use the land to advantage. Um, where, for example, you've got poor land quality or soil quality, you can use biotech to improve that. Um, you can also use it um, to create crops that are tolerant to pests um, and different um, diseases, which can, you know, in some countries it can lead to famine. Um, so that's also one of the advantages that we've seen. Um, and reducing erosion and limiting carbon dioxide emissions is another way that biotech is used now. Um, some of the disadvantages are, we've spoken about genetically modified food a lot in recent years, the last 20 years or so, it's been quite controversial because some people claim it's linked to disease. Um, and although they modify the plants, they don't, if they don't at the same time modify the human body and how the human body refer, responds to those plants, it can cause um, illnesses. Um, while the human beings are adapting and keeping up. And one example of that is um, the rise in um, food allergies, um, particularly to products like wheat. So lots of people have um, hyperimmune systems and immune diseases um, as a result of modifications in foods. Um, and it, again, it's controversial because a lot of people say it's got nothing to do with that, it's to do with something else, whereas other doctors and experts say it is. Um, so food allergies and some food allergies have become um, life threatening for some people. So people can die from eating uh, wheat, for example, um, eggs, all sorts of things. 
Um, and also another thing is chemicals. The chemicals that are used sometimes um, in biotech can also be harmful. Some people claim that they're carcinogens and they cause cancer and things like that. Um, and also on the flip side, you can um, improve plants, but you can also have a loss of plant diversity and animal and insect diversity um, as a result of biotech as well. Um, whole species being wiped out. Um, we can see that happening as well at the moment, controversy around species such as bees, for example. Um, that is also a result of um, tampering, uh, human tampering with um, the biosphere and adapting different organisms and plants. Um, and the truth is we don't really know. Um, we don't often know the long-term consequences of biotechnology um, when it comes to the environment until we've done it. Sometimes it takes years for us to see the effects of things. So, yeah, back to you, Sam. Thanks a lot for that. Um, <laughs> sorry, thanks a lot for that, Carla. It was very useful and informative. I just want to mention, um, when you spoke about the genetically modified food and the pest control in making crops, I don't know if you guys know this, um, and obviously this is where your ethics will come in and your core values again, is one of the things that they do with corn especially, they implant it or spray it with this chemical. So when the bug starts to eat the corn, its intestines, its stomach explodes. And that's what happens. Now, the problem what happens, the corn gets processed and it goes, let's say, for cinema use, popcorn. So you eat a lot of popcorn and you find your stomach is actually stretching and feels really uncomfortable. It's because that same chemical, even though it's designed for a little bug, you're eating it on mass now. Obviously, you get those big cartons of popcorn in America, it's probably like this. <laughs> but it has and still has carries that chemical and that after effect. I don't eat cinema popcorn because of that issue. And they do that with many yummy. Yeah, okay, that's great. Coca-Cola, Bomba. Many different kind of food. So I would say to you guys, in the sense of farming uh, and environment, how ethical is that? And the bigger question is also, do we really need all this biotechnology? Can't we just do agriculture, good agriculture systems and making sure water goes where it needs to be for, for farming purposes, keep animals out in the wild, all these different kind of things, which we can kind of avoid having to do all this scientist stuff. What's your opinion on that? What's your core values? But we're going to allow Howla to read out some comments first. Yes, uh, we have comments uh, from Sasha. Thank you, Sasha, for tuning in. Uh, so he responded uh, about the apocalypse in Greek means revelation. It's also in the Bible, a vision of the future. Okay. Big moves uh, are related to big events. Okay, nice to know that. Um, the light against the dark age of the religion dogmas is now fighting to impose a new step for humanity. Is it? Is do you feel like it's a good step for humanity to go to the age of transhumanism? <laughs> That's the 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 question. Uh, back to you, uh, Simon. Thank you for that. So, like I said. How does that sit well, sit with you in the sense of your core values, your ethics, your morality, and the sense of do we really need all this biotechnology? Simon, Simon, yeah. let me just, just just a quick jump in before you know. See, 
I understand how I just mentioned GMO culture, lands is getting like becoming a scarce commodity, but I'm telling you that in let's take Africa for example, we have over 60% of its arable land still ready, fresh, virgin land to farming. So, you know, when there is profit, they'll start telling you all sorts that, oh, it is going, see, fear of missing this, fear of missing that, it is going away, land is going away. Land is not going anywhere. We still have enough land in this planet Earth. So, they're trying to spin something that is, because it just boils down to profit. That is just what I can say on that. Okay, so back to my question, I'll just repeat it just for those who forgot. Is it really necessary? Well, Victor's actually kind of answered the question, to be honest. Um, Hala, Matilda? Well, just in relation to what Victor says about GMOs, you, you see in the US, for example, they are presenting 75 to 80% of processed food in the US, which is huge. And you see also in the US, a lot of people, they have cancer, they have a lot of diseases because of the food they eat and uh, there were like there was like a documentary in netflix talks about uh the health of people there in in the u.s and how they are um exposed to these risks of the gmos and um i don't think that we need all this kind of uh, advancement biotechnology but uh I really want to ask scientists and biotech leaders <laughs> this question. Do you think what you're doing is ethical or it's just for profit? I can and I can't actually answer that question because I don't know what they are doing behind closed doors in the labs. That's the problem. I can't say if it's ethics or not. I just for me, for food and for my lifestyle, I try to eat organic, really, really pay attention to my health and not inject anything in my body. So um, yes, we can live without biotech. I have my grandma, she's 100 years now in Morocco, uh, and she's eating everything organic from her own land that her husband, my grandfather, uh, left it to, to her. So he left plants from olive oils, and I mean, my family's father's families, I mean, they are living really quite a good life because of the good food that my grandfather left. So. Yes, we could live without biotech, in my opinion. Carla? I agree 100% uh, with how look, we find those grandparents all over the world, um, and they were eating very simple, uh, healthy food without all of these advancements. I think in the modern world, we've become advanced uh, to the point of, of ridiculous in some ways. I think that we have a lot of people who have massive egos and goals in relation to huge amounts of wealth, which we also don't need. And we have um, an over-reliance on science and a belief, uh, an, an over-reliance in our own knowledge and wisdom. Um, and I don't think that it's a lot of the stuff that's happening is not necessary. And on top of that, I, I know I mentioned this quite a lot, but Despite all these so-called advancements, we still have millions of people around the world who do not have the basic things that they need mm. for human dignity. Millions of people around the world who don't have access to proper clean water. Millions of people around the world who don't have basic grain. You know, human being doesn't need sophisticated food, chia this and all this fancy superfood, goji this and nonsense. Human beings can live on a very basic staple diet 
But despite all the advancements, lots of people are still going without flour. They're going without a piece of fruit every day. They, you know, just because, and at the same time, in other countries, we have these ridiculous uh, ideas of superhumans and advanced societies. And I just think it's nonsense. And I don't think we need it. Um, but a lot of the people who are in power and have the money and the control are delusional. And they, they lead in humanity down a, a bad path, in my opinion, a lot of them. And we do well not to follow them. <laughs> follow Aula's grandma. She's not got any transplants or anything like that. I love what she's having. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, just tell, I'll just tell you a, a quick story. It's, it's interesting to, based on what um, Carla's just said and Hala. Um, I was watching this documentary and this guy was, I don't know, Papua New Guinea or someplace where there's this tribe of people. And uh, the man was talking about how the, one of the local tribal guys was talking about how his happiest day where, where he was hunting and he successfully hunted because they go on many hunts and they don't find some food. And he brought it home and it fed his whole village, his whole community. And he's very happy. And the American journalist said, oh, yeah, you should come and live in America. And he said, what for? He said, well, you know, everything's easy. You know, we've got supermarkets, we've got this. And he said, well, what's the supermarket? He said, well, someone's already prepared the meat for you. And uh, and all this kind of thing. He said, well, like, where's the honour uh, and that? And, he, and then it, when they had the discussion and the man turned to him and said, listen, you want me to go to a place where I don't need to hunt, uh, exercise, but I can risk my mental health and you do all things with the animals to get them to grow, yeah? But I'm, but I'm here happy with my family in my village. Why would I go there? And it was very interesting, it kind of really hit me, because what he's saying is, forget all the luxury, all these iPhones and all this stuff. He's happy as he is. He's happy going hunting with his, his brother-in-law and his son and all the rest of it and the dogs. And, he's, and he comes back and he says, here you are, my love my wife and he only had one wife Matilda <laughs> and they're very happy and they dance and sing into the night make love have more children and the day goes on again it's very basic there's no taxes no repo man letters or anything like that so I just wanted to share that with you because it was just something that hit me I thought whoa I never kind of looked at it like that <laughs> regards regards food regards food if you if you go, if you, I'm not a huge, um, I'm not a huge fan of say eating right and all this kind of stuff. I just go as I go. You get? What is I stand up then? There's something. There's something that Hala mentioned now regards food, grammar. See, my 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 mother-in-law was living with us for some time, and when she was in London, she was using cane chair. Um, I don't know, walking sticks and you know to move about so at our last year 2020 late 2020 we move her back to nigeria now she doesn't need any of those stuff anymore a bag of medication is almost non-existent right now because of the type of food we don't know what is called organic food or no organic food or this GMO, this. No, but GMO is coming, but we don't know that on the mainstream in the streets of Lagos and the streets of Nigeria. We don't know what GMO is or what 
those modified story. We see when you see tomato is tomato today. You eat it today and it's finished. You get so those process, process this, process that those kind of pop popcorn you're talking about, Simon. Not right now. You're muted, Simon. Yes. And so Simon. we have we have comments. Let's go through the comments. Yep. Uh, Sasha. Uh, Sasha is going to jump from the screen. <laughs> Can we live without biotech? Can we live in the past? To survive, we need to adapt. This is the base of intelligence. Uh, in Latin, means to understand and adapt related to comprehension. Are we going to survive without technology? Are we going to wait a killer meteor? One coming in 160 years, 500, and they are work, working to move his orbit. Okay. Uh, Jamar, thank you, Jamar, for tuning in. Uh, everything man needed was already embedded in the earth, yes, and for free, yes, all we had to do. We take care of it. Great job, stinky humans. Hi, guys. <laughs> yes, actually, um, I think God created us free, and uh, we are just, I think, enslaved to the new system. Um, that's only my opinion. We have Sasha again. Uh, Homo erectus disappeared against the Homo sapiens. It will be the same soon. Intelligence and adaptation are qualities to survive for the next evolution. Life is a fight and balance of power. There is no place for weakness. Okay, so there's no place for weak people, right? Is that for weak people who don't want to adapt? Is that your... Um, I'm sure he will respond. We yeah. all know. We, we, we all know, um, Sasha. So, um, Victor, question for you: Can you uh, can you explain uh, about the marine bio, bio biotech, please? I know it's one of the most recent categories to um, the world of biotech. So, we're more than interested to hear what you have to say. Yeah, there are really some fascinating things going on in the biotech. In the marine biotech space, and it is it is growing. And I think so many so many farmers now are jumping into because of the over four, according to them, over four billion years within that ecosystem. So, and the main the main aim or the main gist is to realize the potential of marine bio resources. You know, a potential that is until now remains largely untapped. So. Lately, from like what I said earlier on, from the fish bone to agate to there are so many, the potential is almost unlimited. So these resources could produce new products and processes that could help and prevent diseases, even up to major healthcare, major healthcare issues, you know, and global challenges for food, energy, and um, and health. So Simon, it is really, really exciting now for the big farmers, and not just the big farmers, but for but for tech guys, people are going space while people are going underwater. Elon is going out of space, out of space, while some are going deep down into the deep blue. So it is really, really huge, and opportunities there now is so, it's unimaginable. So it's like a race to space and a race down deep blue. Okay. Uh, that's... <laughs> that, that's very good. Um, well, well, sorry. If excuse me. 
Well, I was thinking when it comes to the marine biotechnology, can you give us an example of what they're doing to date that is so boom? Okay, I'll need to come back to you on that one. Okay, okay. In the meanwhile, our next question for the audience is... Paula? Yes. One second. The lifestyle. Yes, okay. Bottom one. Yeah. Lifestyle or biotech, what would you prefer to change and why? And the reason why I wanted that to be up is because when you look at um, the lifestyle of people today, as, as it's been commented before, it's really based on health issues or based on your lifestyle. They say it's 80, it's just like fitness, where they say it's 80% uh, mental and 20% physical or diet, sorry. It's just like 80% lifestyle. How are you living? What are you consuming? How, you know, what, what are your daily activities? And, and these are the things that when it comes to the biotech, I think it can rule a, a lot of the unnecessary things of biotech out. I'm interested to hear from you, the audience, and my co-hosts, of course, about how do you feel about a lifestyle? Would you be willing to change your lifestyle to rule out the need requirements of more biotechnology in your life? Starting with Matilda. <laughs> Well, depends. Depends what level of biotechnology we're talking about. If it's about popcorn, okay. I last <laughs> popcorn that I ate was, I think, three years ago, once in a while, somewhere in a movie theater. But uh, if it's my daily tomato and stuff, I li I love to live in a metropolitan city. I I love. I mean, in New York. Here in Paris, I'm not very familiar much, but in New York, I always buy from Whole Foods. But is Whole Foods really a Whole Food? I don't know. So am I going to go live in a village to have that tomato? No. I love my life. I feel I'm young. My spirit needs a, a metropolitan city, so I'm not going to live in a village in a quiet life just to have a healthy life. Uh, do I like to work out, have a healthy food? Yes. And once in a while indulge in, I don't know, popcorn or something. Yeah. But to change it drastically, no. I feel you need to take care of your body. Also, you need to take care of your soul as well. You need to know your personality enough to know what environment will make you happy. And a cosmopolitan city like New York makes me happy. I like the interaction. I like to go out with my friends to eat in restaurants. You don't know how the food is there. But yeah, I like to eat in restaurants, to interact with my friends, to have drinks and to enjoy it. I don't want to, I think balance is important in life. Um, I have a friend that she's vegan. She doesn't eat, I don't know what oil. Uh, she works out five times a week and she had actually um liver problem and they cut her liver i don't know 70 percent and she was saying i never even drink and you drink i never even eat that popcorn you eat or the cake you eat but i think it's important to enjoy life enjoy life take care of your soul take care of your body and see what is your um what you, you like more, what your body feels better in which environment. And if it's a village, then go live in a village. But I'm a city girl. Interesting. 
Moving along, so we're running out of time. I'm going to talk about how by the side of biotechnology, and this is obviously branching into our next week's topic, which I'm sure Matilda is going to tell us what it is, is the ethical side of where you're chipping people, as in what Elon Musk is trying to do now. Elon Musk has said what? I saw a post, so I follow Elon Musk. What was it? By the end of the month, he's going to be doing his first implant into a normal working human being, so healthy. End uh, of the year, end of 2020. Too. Thank you. Um, he's going to put a chip in their brain, in their neurological system, so it's going to connect. Now, this is where it also connects into the metaverse situation. And the reason why I explained this to Victor earlier on, I'll explain it to everybody here. The metaverse, I'll put up the banner for the metaverse. The metaverse is, a ba um, is that digital world. Yep, excuse me, I'm just getting this post banner up. And what what happens with the metaverse now, if you see they're wearing glasses, but what they don't show you, the actual concept of the glasses is to connect to the neurological implant that's in your brain. Now, when I was doing my research, the reason why they want that connected to your brain, what's connected to your brain, is because let's say I'm dating somebody in the metaverse. When I go to touch them now, I actually get the real sensation. Now, Hala laughs. <laughs> but this is the aim from what I've been researching, and it's very, very interesting. It's very fascinating. It's going down a deep rabbit hole, and I'm okay just touching people normally. <laughs> I don't need nothing in my head. But this is... Now, this is the avenue they're going down. And this is there's and there's people lining out there who are really interested in this. So I'd like to hear your thoughts from the audience. Simon, that can be cheating, you know. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm a married man. I think I'm gonna touch I'm I'm happy touching with people normally. But mm. before we go into that question, answering that question, um, how I see some comments coming up. Yes, so we have Frederick here. Thank you for coming back to the show. I hope people understand now that we don't have a healthcare industry in America. We have a federalized drug cartel. Ain't that the truth? Yes. Uh, Sasha, again, if you see the evolution, the objective is just to survive for species. It's not a question of morality. We do what we can, not what we want. There's a part of determinism, but like the philosophical stoicism, you have to survive. It's your duty to interact with the world. Okay. Well, good luck with that, to interact with the whole world. <laughs> I just want to interact with the community, with my community. I don't care about the whole world. <laughs> but you're not there. You cannot stop when technology is going forward. You cannot say, I'm, I'm going to live in a cave and not operate. You're already in technology. You're already in the metaverse. So the problem, the question is, we cannot hide from what's happening to us. And it's scary. But we cannot stop it. But I always have hope. And I'm confident in God that <laughs> I don't think we can get away hope. from it in a way or another. <laughs> That's how I can... You can die. You optimistic. can be suicide. That's your choice. But the rest... I don't but think you can survive. 
Rita, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to next week because when you started, you saying human beings we are dying. You know, we, we can't. Well, we are. Kind we of are. And I'm we are all I'm going to die, forward. guys. But it depends I'm on. I'm looking how forward to that. No, but you're gonna die very soon. Of course, you're obviously, gonna, you're gonna, gonna die. have to die very soon because yeah. metaverse is coming, and soon things are gonna go down with you, and no one's understanding. I hope it's about. It. Okay, well, that's for next week. <laughs> <laughs> now we are going to meet it. So, Carla had the quiet one there. Give us your opinion on this whole situation with the 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 chip and install it in the mind. Do you see that as something positive? Do you see it as something negative? Do you? How do you feel about that? Would you want your daughter, your beautiful young daughter, to turn around and say, "Mom, I'm gonna do this"? What would you say to her? Um, I would say to her to look into it carefully. <laughs> Think this through now, just like I did when she told me when she was 13 she was getting a tattoo, um, just like I did when she told me she was getting lip injections and any of the other radical things that they, they're out with um, in these modern times. Um, Sasha's made some good points about um, adapting, and I, I do believe that, um, there's a bit of danger in this idea of religious people being stuck in the dark ages over there and scientists being at the cutting edge of the advancements over here and we're poles apart. I think that's a myth. I think that there is a, a world where we can come together, where we can bring these ideas together. I think there is a world where technology, biotech and all of that has a place in caring for the earth, like uh, Jamar had said, that human beings were put on the earth and everything was already here. Our job was to care for it. And I think that technology can definitely help us to do that. It can help us to care for humans. It can help us to make advancements. We've seen it happen. We've seen diseases. In my time, I remember when I was a child, and if you got measles, um, you had to stay in the dark and the curtains were closed and you couldn't open the curtains. And your grandparents would tell you, if you open the curtains, you'd get blind. That was a part of my childhood, and we were told that regularly. Maybe you remember the same, Simon. You never hear anyone saying that now. So obviously something has happened that's been beneficial because we've managed to get rid of certain childhood diseases. And I think that that aspect of medicine and science and advancements in humans has always been good. But one thing we often forget is humans can analyze to death each other, but they can never really create one. Right. Yeah, I know they tweak in labs and all that kind of stuff and put sperm and eggs and all that, but they can't create sperm and eggs. No advancement in humans. They can tamper with them and put them together in Petri dish and stuff, but they've never created it. Humans can analyze to death mountains, but no human has created a mountain. They can study the earth, but they didn't make it. Um, someone mentioned earlier about meteors. Uh, divert. You could divert a meteor, but you still can't tell us where it came from right? The human beings have got all this philosophy and all this intellect and stuff, but when you go follow their questions and their reasoning right back, there is still a lot that they're not in control of. And I think that's where we need to start having the dialogue. We need to get back to the basic question of, all right, we studied the earth and manipulated, but where did it come from in the first place? Because I know it wasn't a human being, right? So I think we, we really still got lots of things to talk about as human beings, much deeper than this topic. Okay, that's good. Hal, I noticed there's some comments up there. If we read the comments before we come into the closing yes. element of the show, please. 
Sasha wants to know, it's an ethical choice. Are you afraid with the light of the knowledge? Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Enlighten us then, <laughs> Sasha. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I will say in that response to what um, Sasha just said there, well, I was watch when I was watching Joe Rogan and the great Elon Musk was on the show, he was saying how he's been talking to the government, US government for years, telling them to slow down on this whole technology of what they're doing with the human anatomy and all of this stuff. He's saying that? Yes. See, this is where you go. If you're following someone, it's good to really, really follow them. And he no, said they, but the Elon Musk, he's, actually, he's working the other side for pushing things to go forward. Remember, um, Matilda, it's better to be at the table and know what's going on than it is not to be at the table at all. Do you understand? Yeah, but he's so, up it. Well, all right, he's one person with a billion-dollar contract from a government. If he forfeits on that billion-dollar pro uh, project, and he says he's not doing anything anymore because there's always hidden ventures within that finance, what do you think is going to happen? And he wants to get to Mars anyway. That's a rhetorical question. He's My point he's being, dangerous. He's my dangerous. Point Okay, my point being is he's told them, listen, we need to understand. We need to take time, really research the like mental, spiritual, physical outcome. It's like when um, uh, a consultant doctor told me before, you've got to wait 50 years to really see the true repercussion of any medicine. Do you understand? Because then you really know what the outcome is. You've got some good idea. A month or two or a year with a load of funding doesn't warrant time. Time is a manifestation of everything. It's a bit, probably a bit like being married. <laughs> a bit I can relate to that. But um, go on, Carla. I think Carla want to say something there. Go no, on. I saw a really interesting interview with Elon Musk. I was watching it yesterday, and he was um, he was a guest on a Christian podcast. And these guys, they were like itching to ask him if he believed in God and if he would be Christian and stuff. And they were digging really deep into his beliefs and his philosophy. It's really interesting, Matilda. I think you might like it because it explains it. a lot about him. And we see Elon Musk as this like super intellectual person. But, you know, everything he does, this interview was suggesting that everything he does is to ask, to answer the question of what life's all about. He has these deep uh, questions, philosophical questions about where we come from and all of that kind of stuff. And although he seems to be somebody that's all interested in all technology and advancements and stuff, listening to him in interviews, you realize that that's how everyone else sees Elon Musk, but how he sees himself and what he's doing. He's just trying to answer the basic question of life is where we come from and what's this all about. Um, if I can find it, I'll share it with you. I know that the name of the podcast was, um, I'll tell you, it was... Was it on um, YouTube? Yeah, I'll, I'll share the link. But it, yeah, I just didn't expect it. to find it. It was quite interesting um, to see his answer and the fact that what he does all of this for is just to, to answer this basic question. Um, although it seems so sophisticated, it's not. It's very fundamental, what he's trying to do. Well... That being said, 
I believe we should call it a day. I'm going to allow my co-hosts to introduce their podcast. Then I'm going to give a brief summary. I'm going to obviously thank you, the audience, and then we just take it from there. So starting with Victor. Yeah, thank you, Simon. Matilda, do not change your do not change your topic because of what Carla just mentioned. <laughs> no, no, no. My topic okay. is on. I want people to hear what's happening, and it's very exciting, actually. Okay. You need to yeah. you need to slow down your children doing anything online because the world is going bad. Social media, anything online, they have to stop it. <laughs> Because you have changed the tilda. Going in the wrong direction. And you have changed the tilda. Not only Kim Kardashian is dangerous, other things are dangerous too. <laughs> guys, yeah, so, guys, um, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not the pessimistic one in the group, so I have my <laughs> sister here. Yeah. So um, I'm Victor, I'm Victor Osio. I am the host of the Diaspora Entrepreneurs Podcast. You can find me on you can find our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and even on YouTube. You know, thank you, Simon. Over to you, Hala. Yes, so my podcast is Women's Stories Podcast. Catch the last episode uh, about the lessons I learned 2021 on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other platforms. Uh, I just would like to thank the audience. We have Sasha. Uh, thank you. Uh, last comment. Uh, fantastic topic. We want more. Yes, Matilda is coming back with the... With the the extension of this topic. Jamar, thank you for tuning in. Uh, who else? George, thank you for, for tuning in and watching the episode. Over to you, Carla. Yeah, and my podcast is the Wonder and Wellbeing podcast. Um, if you're looking for it and wondering where it is at the moment, it's going through some kind of reviews and reconstruction and stuff like that. But watch this space. And I will drop the link for the podcast that I was referring to that features Elon Musk for people who are interested in seeing more about that. And also, don't forget Nelson's podcast, Investing in America. He's not with us today, um, but you can check out his podcast every way that you find podcasts as well if you're interested in topics related to investing in America or investing in yourself. Back to you, Simon. Matilda, you um, you going to tell us your podcast and your topic for next week, please? Yes, my podcast is Coffee with Matilda, A Journey to Self. You can find me in all the podcast platforms and YouTube and Facebook. And we have every week an episode out, so watch out for that. And um, next week we're going to talk about genetically modified humans. And I think it's going to be fascinating because very soon we're going to that direction and COVID was an uh, <laughs> exciting or fascinating uh, reason to um, to speed up this process and yeah so tune in thanks a lot for that material and I'm your host Simon Simon Rushton and Taxi Chronicles is my podcast where I I've kind of changed it up now I publish an interview every other day um, or a conversation as I was told today. It's more of a conversation with a writer, Carla's laughing. And I vlog every opposite other day um, about a current affair that's happening in England or around the world, or just a story of somebody who won the lottery twice and still in the same job, something like that. I will be bringing back my Africa Investor Stories podcast very shortly, so 
What's this space? Apart from that, we are Podcasters Unleashed. We're here every Monday, 7 p.m., as you see, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And it's 7 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time, 2 p.m. East, uh, Eastern Standard Time, excuse me, and 9 p.m. East African Time. I'm sure Victor wants to throw in his West African Time. West African Time, are we here, Victor? p.m. West African time. Okay, so what's the <laughs> difference between East and West? Okay, but apart from that, have a nice day, and um, we look forward to seeing you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.